When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Catherine is 20 and the eldest in a family of nine children. When she was 16, her father walked out on them one day and never came back. They never knew where he went and they never heard from him again. I was always kind of known as daddy's girl, kind of, and then you're kind of rejected. It's, it, it's not that I, he, maybe he didn't reject me, but I did feel rejected because you're kind of left sitting there. You feel an emptiness, like a loss, and... Um, you, you just can't explain, and you don't want to show your feelings because you don't want other to upset other people. Like you know, you don't. I didn't want to upset my mother because she's the best in the world. But yes, I couldn't say well, like um, I still feel empty, you know. But um, you do feel an awful sense of loss. It's a space nobody can fill. Although they try, they can't, and nobody ever will. I don't think. But I remember one time I thought I saw him. I was at mass and. I, I saw a man, he was staring at me. And this was only about six months later and I you know, I felt confused, I felt excited, I wanted to go over and yes, I was afraid in case he'd reject me, he'd say, you know, I don't know you because had he broke away I thought, Well that was it, he wanted to keep away but the mass went on for about forty minutes and for the whole forty minutes I kind of froze, I was shaking and I wasn't concentrating, I just kept looking. But I decided then in the end that I would go over and just get a better look. And it wasn't him, but still, I, if it had been, I don't know what I would have done. Like, I did get a fright. I froze, and it was a terrible thing to say, it was your own father. And you froze, you couldn't... I didn't know, if it had been him, I wouldn't have known what to say. Like, to say hello. Or, you don't know, kind of, you get... You're stunned, because that was the first and only time that I thought I saw him. And people say, you know, if he did come back, if you... What would you say to me? You just don't know because that was only six months after and I froze. Like, I'd say maybe now he might pass me in the street and I wouldn't know. You know, he, he might have changed, maybe. 
he mightn't have changed, but he, like I wouldn't forget his face as he left. But if he has changed, I wouldn't remember him. But I always remember that day. I froze solid. I didn't know what to do. I just kept looking and looking. And although I kept saying, "Keep your eyes," I couldn't take my eyes off his face. I was fixed on him. And the man must have noticed I was staring because he was staring back at me, and that's what made it more obvious, kind of. But it wasn't him. But I still don't know what I would have done. Birthdays too is very depressing. More so for my mother, she gets very depressed when it's her birthday. I think she thinks, like, of the times when she had us, and she often does say, "I remember when I had you and your father coming up with a bunch of flowers." And then she starts crying, and like she's watching the post, and there's no birthday card, and she's saying, "How could he forget you?" And you're saying to yourself, "How could he? You know, how could he forget you?" But apparently, he has, and you'd love to, you'd love to see him, and. See, has he forgotten you? Has he got another family somewhere? Or what is he up to? You, you wouldn't know. I don't think we ever will know because it's so long now. But um, as I'm saying, like uh, on days like birthdays, you just and Christmas, you sit there and you just think for a few minutes. I wonder where he is and what he's doing now. And you're wondering if he's wondering the same. You know, you're sitting there saying, thinking of him for five minutes, and you're wondering if he's thinking of you. Does he remember that it's your birthday, or is he just going on from day to day? You know, it's um, weird, really, like, for someone that's so close and yet so far away. We'd all go out Sunday to the country, maybe, and we'd have ice cream and minerals, and then we'd drive home, and then maybe him and my mother would go out that night, and I'd mind the children, but then when he went... There was none of that, and you'd see everyone going off Sunday, and you, you'd remember that um, you should be gone, but yet you weren't. And your mother hadn't got really the money to take us all on buses because it was nine. And um, you just sit looking out the window, staring into space. And then it used to depress mother as well because she'd look out and she'd know, and she wouldn't show her feelings, and we'd still know, you know. So um, I think it was that, and looking at other fathers coming in from work Fridays with bags of sweets and like there was nobody coming in with sweets to us and although my mother used to get us sweets it didn't mean the same like as having a father taking them to you and um, maybe birthdays of girlfriends say um, my daddy bought me this and my daddy bought me that and you're just sitting there and you're kind of saying oh god you know like it's queer you know that um you know that you have a father, but yes, he he's no good to you. Like it's not that he's no good to you, but he's just not there. Of um, if life was the way it was before he went and now, um, I think I prefer that he did go because um, although it's a sense of loss, it's a sense of peace that we had too, because like he used to come in and cause a lot of arguments and. Maybe you'd be lying in bed and he'd come in and there'd be murder. Now, he never done anything on me or any of the children, but it was my mother who tormented her. And, like, um, he never gave us a bad time. It was her that really got the whack of the stick. So for her, when he was gone, although I missed him, and this is why I wouldn't kind of let her see I missed him, because she kind of got relief in one sense, although she missed him terribly in another sense. He was like um, a Jacqueline Hyde. Like, he'd be so nice one minute and then... He, you know, we change. So for kind of for the jackal part, no. But for the Mr. Hyde, she liked him. You know. Well, well, the oldest one felt it the worst because um, she, you know, been 
she knew him longer, I suppose, and it was an apple let down to her. Our friends and that, you know, they was often maybe they might say things to her and she'd feel hurt and she'd come in and I'd know by her face and I'd say, What's wrong with you? She'd just go up to the bedroom. She'd say, Yeah, nothing. She often did cry up in the bedroom, which she did. She often did cry and say, um, what did we do? Um, uh, what happened that he had to go away and leave us like that? And um, it was all really I felt more sorry for her. <coughs> Excuse me. The smaller children, well, the, me having so many boys, they just come in, maybe that school bag, throw it there. They had plenty of friends, and it did take an effect on them, but it didn't worry them as much as it did worry the older one. Because she felt that was, she'd been bigger, like, you know, the girl she was with, and that they'd ask her, why did her father go away, and what happened, and all. And but she, had, she couldn't really answer them because she didn't know that herself. So I'd say it was harder, really, on the older one. The two older ones, really, a boy as well. He felt the same way, you know, about it. Yeah, got depressed over it when that, you know. But I suppose you just have to get over it. I'd watch the post every morning saying maybe he'll send a letter today. Every morning I watch the post. It's an awful feeling when they go away first. Starting is an awful feeling. I suppose you just have to be a deserted wife to understand the feeling. I'd sit there, maybe in the bedrooms and even just look out the window and like the children with other children had their fathers I'd be the same as other women with their husbands I'd see them going off out and I'd be sitting up in the bedroom looking out and just fed up saying why why did so many years together not to have a nine children why should I be just left like this you know and it's just enough it's most, read the grade and it isn't so bad if you were a widow at least you'd feel well when you're talking to people, I often wouldn't even say it. They say, where's your husband? I just say, be ashamed sometimes, say the truth. I just say, um, nothing. But um, you're better off being a widow. At least you know where you stand. But being deserted, it's very degrading. You just can't tell, but it's not your fault. But it is very, very degrading. It's an awful feeling. And uh, that's the way I felt. Just don't know why he done that. I never done anything really for for him to do anything like that. He wasn't bad now when he was here with the children and bring them in sweets and that of a Friday. He was never ill or anything to them. And I always thought he the eldest one he really loved. But um I don't know, I never really thought he'd forget the children because when he was here well he did he maybe bring them out or that. He had the car, he bring them out for a drive. And uh, I just couldn't make it out why he could just go away well, like that. Somebody can just shut a door like that and forget they have nine children. As when he was here, he was all right. He, um, well, I thought he loved them anyway. I really don't know what happened to him. for battered women in Dublin, there are about 30 children ranging from 1 to 16 years of age. Children with their special problems, as social welfare worker Cathy Fitzgerald explains. Generally, uh, there are children who come into the refuge with their mothers who have suffered violence of some sort in their homes. 
uh, generally when the mother leaves the home they come here with them uh, perhaps uh, because they don't want to stay at home with the fathers themselves or perhaps because the mothers want to take them here anyway What age are you? Seven And do you like living here? Yeah What do you like about it? We go everywhere We go to the bats Would you cook me? And what would you cook? We have cakes, sponge cakes, and chocolate rice crispies. You can. Uh, do you miss your own home? No. Why? Because my dad used to kill me when I was at home. He used to kill you? Yeah. When we do this, he don't let us jump. And every time, every time we get up early, he clatters us. That's because you're waking up too early in the morning, maybe. Hmm? Yeah. And were you fond of him at any time? No. Were you afraid of him? Yeah. And you don't miss him now, do you? No. Would you not like to see him again? No. Never? No. Kira, do you remember when your uh, father went missing? Did he just disappear suddenly or something? Well, you see, he got a crack on the head and he rang up to say he'd be back in a few hours and he didn't come. Yeah. Probably he's wandering around somewhere. Someplace, yeah. Do you think he's in Ireland or in England or where? Probably he's in Ireland somewhere. Yeah. Must be. Well, Cathy, you spend a lot of time with them, teaching them drama and that kind of thing, is it? That's right, yeah. Um, the, I teach drama uh, two days a week, once on Mondays with the younger children and on Thursdays with the older children. And drama, it's not acting and singing and dancing. Um, really what I do is um, rhythm exercises, teaching them how to move their body, expressing themselves, and I learn a lot from them during a drama session uh, for example, we do um, help expand their role kind of mo models, you know. Um, like, it's not, is it uh, a mother's place to be in the kitchen all the time, you know? Or is it a woman's place to be in the kitchen to do the dishes? Why can't a man do this sort of thing? And we get them to reverse the sort of roles. And then again, another form of role play would be to them for them to act out the part of the father and the part of the mother. And it's it's quite amazing to see the um, amount of times that when the father's bringing the child to the doctor, uh, that he beats him there, you know, and he beats him back. And um, the mother slaps the child because she won't go to sleep. But she doesn't slap them with like a tap on the leg or on, on, on the shoulder, but violently slaps them, you know. And this is all part of the violence coming out in them. Now, when they actually stop that, that particular... Um, part of the drama course they uh, we sit down and we discuss it and we, we say, I say well why did you slap the baby because he wouldn't go to sleep and why did you slap the child on its way to the dentist or the doctor or whatever and we talk it out and they tell me why and then I say to them but wouldn't it have been better to do it this way and to do it that way and then a week later or two weeks later I come back and do the same exercise and I find not a vast improvement but but Generally, there is an improvement there. Well, in this role-playing, is the father usually a baddie or always a baddie? 
generally, yes, yeah. I have found with these children, yeah, the father's generally a baddie. Now, if I tell them to play the role of a priest or the role of a nun, the, the difference is quite amazing, you know. They immediately become calm, you know, and start giving out things and giving sweets. They see the role of, of the priest as being somebody who's kind and the nun who's somebody who's kind, you know. But the teacher, you know, again, this is kind of an authoritarian figure, you know, and um, even the teacher is, is quite aggressive with them when they play that particular role. But generally, yes, I would say in a lot of different roles that they bring them out as being violent. Do you notice that they miss their fathers? Do they ever refer to them in any kind of kind way or that they want to go to them? Mm, well, I think a lot of the children, when they come here, could use um, the father as a threat against mother. Be, uh, for example, if, if something doesn't go right for them, if the mother wants them to go to bed at a particular time or won't give them a particular amount of money or whatever, they'll say, OK, I'm going home to me dad, and use it as a threat, you know. But if the mother sees it, it, that it is a threat, you know, she won't um, get as upset as, as, as a, a woman would normally do in this sort of circumstance. But then again, there are children who do... Um, talk about their dads and and quite open about them and don't don't mind them coming to the door, you know and and are glad to see them, but as I've already said that that there are the other children who are totally indifferent towards them they're, they're just not interested they're glad to be away from them and they they feel they can go to sleep at night without having to wake up to screams and and listening to the father arguing or af- afraid of of what time he's going to come in and will he be drunk or you know. We went over as a happy family, did a lot of us, and my dad started uh, drinking an argument. So my ma got a free, free travel back to Ireland, and uh, two weeks later he came back, and he came to the door with drink on him, and he wanted to get my ma out. And about uh, a week after, they made up, and we we got to the corporation, and they said we'd get a house, and we're on our seventh month here. And uh, we haven't got a house since, and uh, we were supposed to get it two months ago. And my dad's starting to drink again, and causing fights. So, uh, my ma said she's not going to be taking him to the house. Yeah, what age are you, John? I'm 14 years of age. And what time did you leave England? Yeah, I'm not sure. A um, year ago or two years ago? No, I was uh, only about eight months ago. Yeah. Well, did your father come over from England as well? Yeah, he followed us two weeks after. Well, did you get on with your father? I got on great with him only for when he'd have drinks. He used to beat me an awful lot. You know, when he'd be uh, sober, he'd be okay with me. But as soon as he'd get any drink, he used to beat me. And uh, he'd be fighting with me, man. Are you happier here now than at home? Well, we have no home, but if we had a house, I'd be quite happy, you know. I'd be happy enough, you know, if my dad was to stop drinking, stop hitting us or something, you know. But you'd rather be away from him as long as he is drinking, would you? Yeah. Because yeah. it's only going to be arguing with my ma's only going to end up back in here, you know. Well, did you like your father? I liked him, but... Uh, when he used to beat me, you know, there was times I didn't like him and times I did like him. I used to be nervous when he had drink on him. I used to have to stay out until such a time then come in, you know, when I think he'd be in bed or something. He, when we'd be watching telly, he'd be kicking up 
why didn't why didn't the football match or something and you know he always wanted sports we had to see what we wanted that's the way it was with him well now that you're away from him do you miss him I don't really miss him now if I was in a house a while from then and we left again then I'd miss him the day we came back I missed him just for a while but after a while I just got used to the place because my ma was in and out Harcourt Street and here an awful lot. Well, are you very attached to your mother then? Yeah, very attached. And how many more in the family? Huh, a, I've got four brothers and two sisters. Well, do you remember, John, happy times at home? The only happy time I really had was on uh, Christmas and Halloween and Easter. They're the only happy times, you know. When my dad be in the bed, we'd be messing up about you know my dad used to sometimes he'd go in and we'd sit up late watching the films and we'd be messing about you know they're the really only times we had the fun well used to bring you around to places no we never brought us anywhere my mother brought us anywhere that we had to go but my father never did so you don't worry very much about him. You don't care that much whether you meet him again or not? Yeah. At the moment, anyway. Mm. Hmm? But maybe you may ch- change your mind after a while. Maybe after a while, but right now I don't really care a lot for him, you know. And did that start when you were in England? Yeah. It started before that, but after a while they were happy and went over. And as we came back, as we were out there a while... He started, you know, we were paying £32 a week for a flat. And it was my sister and my ma uh, paid. My brother had a job uh, packing things, you know. But uh, you lived in Dublin, John, or in Ireland before you went over to England? In right? Dublin. Yeah. Well, were things all right then? Oh, they were OK, yeah. You know, about a year was the last arguments, you know, since we've been in Dublin and then when we went over there, he started, you know, he wanted to be on his own, he wanted to have his own money, you know, he wanted to spend his own money, his own ways and not care about me, mother or us, you know. But you're quite happy in here, you know, for the time being? Yeah, I'm quite happy. They're very good to us, they bring us to bats and all. And... Eilish McCullough, she's uh, helping my best to get us a house. And you, you really look forward now to having a house? Yeah. And be there with your mother and some yeah. other members of the family? Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to have the 26th of June and the 4th... No, the 26th of May and the 4th of June, they said we'll have a house. And I'd be quite happy if we had a house, you know. And have the rest of the family, yeah. even without the father, you'd be yeah. still content? Quite content. You think to be peaceful? Yeah. Uh, would you rather be here now than at home, Veronica? Here. Why is that? Do you not like being at home? No. Was somebody cross to you at home? Me daddy. He was? Yeah. yeah. And what way was he cross? Would he slap you or something or give out to you? No, he used to slap us. And were you afraid of him? Yeah. And uh, do you ever see him now? No. You miss him? No. Not at all? No. And would you like to see him again? 
No. You wouldn't go if you never saw him again? No. He must have been very cross, though, was he? Hmm? Yeah. Uh, how long have you gone from your home, Dorothy? I've eight months, say. And who's living here with you now? Your mother? My mother. And, yeah. me, and one of my brothers. And my big brother comes up to see us. Yeah. He does. And do you miss your own house? Do you miss living at home? Well, not really. In fact, well, you know, I don't be upset when we man and dad's fighting or anything. But um, I miss me dad because me man just be get just be sick here. I do be afraid in case she gets taken away. Oh, you'd be afraid that she'd be gone from you, is that it? Mm. And we get put away. I know we'll put you away, will I? Well, my mask go me. Yeah. Were you fond of your father? Not really. Why was that? It's always at me. Why were you doing things out of the way? Not really. Or were you afraid of him? Mm. Did you ever see him now? Yeah, he just come up to see me now. Were you happy at home one time? Do you remember any time when you were happy there? Well, it was only on Christmas night when my dad be out, or any nights when my dad be out, we'd be happy. Because we would have a bit of fun with my ma. And would he always be cross? Most of the time he was. And would he bring you around any place? No. He'd only bring us, well, it's very odd, at home. He only, I think he only brought us about five times out on the top. Never brought us any other places. Are you very fond of your mother? Yes. And where do you think now you'll go when you leave here? Don't know. Probably not next. Probably the week after. But where will you go to? To her house. And will your father be there then? I'm not really sure. Would you like if he were there? In a way I would, because if that happened to me, he might be able to help us out a bit. We wouldn't get put away. You'd really be afraid of being put away someplace. Yeah. While the children are here, Cathy, do they receive normal schooling? They do. Um, there are approximately three schools in the immediate area uh, that accommodate the children. Uh, there's one uh, we call Black Pits, um, which accommodates boys, and then Grantham Street, um, where the girls' school is, accommodates uh, children up to boys up to seven, and then girls up to sixth class. And they do receive education here, and we do insist that they go to school. Uh, a lot of the time, you you, you do get uh, the child um, who has school phobia, which is really um, uh, how would I put it? It's sort of um, a reluctance to go to school because they're afraid that when they come back, their mother won't be here, or um, that if they go to school, they're going to miss out on something that's happening here. But generally, we do. Um, succeed in getting them going because a lot of them do need the education because they've a lot missed a lot of it by coming 
here and going there and going backwards and forwards. Well, do you find that most of these children are depressed or usually depressed or would they be like other normal happy children? I would say a lot of the time, you know, they, they get up to mischief uh, but uh, and like a normal child would do. Mm. But I mean, what what do you... What is normal nowadays? I mean, what do you, how do you, would, would one define normal? These children certainly have gone through a very hard time in their homes. Have a lot of them have witnessed violence against their mothers, um, and in in some cases, violence inflicted on them. And I suppose, you know, if one if child is now twelve years of age or or downwards, um, if you know, they have witnessed these these various instances. I, I would expect depression from them. Mm. Not depression, um, suicidal depression, but certainly um, modes of behaviour that are different from other children. When you have so many children together <coughs> here, say, what have you, 35 or 36 mm. at the moment, and uh, what ages from 3 to 4 to 13 from, or 14? From six weeks sometimes up to 13, 14, 15. When the older ones are together and they are conscious, of course, that they come from broken homes, do they talk about those things among themselves? Um, yes, they do, especially when they're sitting down doing, say, the likes of, of craft work, making baskets or mats. They tend to, their, their, their minds tend to wander and they start talking on, you know, about, like the particular child there about two years ago was sitting down at a painting session and said, oh, to some child beside him, started talking about Rice Krispies and he said, well, if I eat enough, he said, I'm going to be really big and when I get to that size, I'm going to kill my father, you know. And then the other children will join in and say, I'm going to do the same thing, like I'll get a hatchet someday and I'll sneak in the window. Always violent, you know, but they do talk about it, not all the time, because a lot of the time they're, they're preoccupied doing other things, swimming or whatever. But then when they do get on their own, I'd say they do talk about they're it. They're all more or less aware of it. That they, oh, they that are, the yeah. Problem. I'll tell you when they really become aware of it. It's when they go to school or when they're on an outing. They don't like to be classed as the children from the battered wives' home, you know. They they pretend, like, if I, if I take them to a play or something, they pretend I'm their teacher, whereas... I'm their mother, you know, with 17 kids behind me, I'm their mother, you know. And they they do become aware of it then, you know. They don't like, they feel, I don't know that they're aware of the word stigma, but we don't attach any stigma to it. Um, but when they're out, they, they, they are very quiet about it and don't like the girls in school knowing where they're from and come in sometimes with stories that the girls in school has, have said, oh, you're from that place around the corner, you know, and won't go back to school for two days. That's when they really become aware of it, when other children learn about, about where, they, where they come from. We Geraldine is 17 now and the eldest of five children. Her parents separated over a year ago and since then two of the children live with the mother and the three older ones, including Geraldine, live with the father. Well, it was threatened for years and years. My mother kept running off and then going to stay with relations because she'd had arguments with my father and they were always arguing. And I remember in bed at night the four girls used to sleep together. They used to be arguing and um, my sisters used to be crying, you know. And uh, my father used to go off and think, well, if I go for a while, maybe my mother will settle down and then we can come back and sort it out. And 
but nothing seemed to work out and then my mother started talking about getting a separation and I said no way don't get a separation I'll hate you for the rest of my life if you ever get a separation you know and I said it to my father I didn't want to stay with Iodism you know I was totally against it but in the long run I found out now that I was much better off with them separated because it really caused an awful lot of sorrow and like my sisters were always crying and my mother used to when she used to go off to her relations my younger sisters used to say does mammy not love us anymore she's going off on us you know and kind of now well we kind of have our parents and they're happy too and they kind of talked to us but whereas before they were always in bad humour because they were fighting with one another you know and they never had time for us well, do you often visit your mother now? I visit her most weekends and I stay with her and I do shopping with her and you know but it's just uh, I do housework for her and things like that you know it's okay well, you think the whole lot of you now are, are happier than you were before or the, the, all the members of the family the young ones yeah I'd say they very they are very happy. I don't know about my younger sisters because I never really see them and I never talk to them. And before, when um, we used to be a family, they used to talk to me about things, you know. But now they don't say anything, you know. It's kind of as if they're not part of the family. They're a family on their own and we're a family on their own. But they are happy as they are. You know, they seem happy enough. Well, do you think then, say, looking back now to five years ago, were you happier then than you were now when you had both parents in the one house? No, because I was all, I was forever crying, and my mother was always giving out, and my father was always giving out. But now it's um, well, we get we get along in harmony, you know, and there's never much trouble or like we never there's never fighting there, you know, and my father has a lot more time to do things and. Well, I've discovered my father is a different person. At first, I never really talked to him, you know. Yeah, I think we are much happier. But does that put a big burden on you, being the eldest of the family and having younger ones there? Well, at first it did, you know. I didn't know how was I going to cope, like with schoolwork and with then doing housework and things like that. But it's worked out that um, in the afternoon there's never that much to do. And the three of us, if we pull in together, you know, it's all done. And it's it just I've just routine, you know. I've got used got used to it now, you know. Well, would that put you off for marriage now, or men? Well, at first it did, you know. I, and sometimes I still am. I don't know what to do, whether I'll get married or not. But I know if I do, I'm going to try hard to keep it together and make sure, you know, I'm marrying the right person in the first place because as far as I can say my mother and father were never meant for one another I don't even know why they got married in the first place you know, but when did that job. strike you? well it, at first I was too preoccupied with my own situation you know with the parents separated and what was I going to do who was I going to stay with and who I wasn't going to stay with it was about when I st- after I, st- I had trouble with my mother she wanted me to go and stay with her it was after that I realised well my mother just wanted me to go up and do housework for her so she could go out you know because that's what used to happen when I stayed with her at first she used to go out all the time visiting aunts and things like that she was never there I used to take care of the house all the time and most of the time I'd miss school and I realised well she's not meant to stay in and be a housewife as you know the real meaning of the word you know coming in and washing floors and things like that she just wasn't meant for it and as well as that uh, my mother's a real outgoing type and She'd rather go out every night of the week 
Whereas my father'd stay in and he'd read a book, or he'd watch the television, you know. Because he, he doesn't go out much now, but my mother does go out an awful lot. Do you remember your childhood when you were, say, five or six? Well, not a lot, really, you know. Well, was it happy? <laughs> yes, I think it was. I remember we used to go to the zoo and things like that, and we used to have picnics, and my father used to take us down the country an awful lot with my mother. I don't really remember much more of it, you know. But does it make you sad now to think of times like that when your father and mother were quite happy together? It makes me think, like, what happened, you know? I mean, how could everything go so wrong? And, you know, life is real funny, whereas one minute it's real rosy and the next minute there's, everything's down on you and it's raining out, you know? And there's lots of problems and there's nothing you can do about it, you know? Do you often meet now, say, other girls that have the same kind of problems you have? I've never met anybody who has the same problem as I have. There's a girl next door to me. She, her fa mother and father separated, but I, she was only 11 at the time. And I remember I remember thinking, well, I don't want to be like her. I don't want my mother and father separated. But she used to say to me, well, we've learned not to be ashamed of this. You know, like, I mean, if it happens, it happens. And, like, she was only 11. 11-year-old saying something like that. And she's happier now because of it too. Cause, and she used to say that her, her mother and father used to have awful times and her father nearly killed himself, you know, one time because he says, well, you want to get rid of me? and You know, you don't want me here anymore. He was saying this to the wife and this was in front of the children. And they said, well, they have none of that now and they're much happier. Do you foresee a time now when your father and mother might come together again? Well, everybody else is optimistic, but I'm not. Because I know my mother too well. And there might be a chance with my father, because it was my mother who walked out. And he still wants her back. You know, he's, he's often said, you know, I live in hope. And I hope one day she'll return. But my mother, and time, I'd say to her, you must be joking me. I'm not going near that man again, you know. I, I'm too happy. I really am enjoying myself. And I really like the, my life as, as it is now. I wouldn't go back for all the money in the world, you know? That's what she'd say. And sometimes we'd talk serious over it and she'd say she couldn't go through it again. As far as she's concerned, she had an awful life. And the only reason I can see for that is because she wasn't ready for marriage. You know? Well, your father wasn't an alcoholic now or anything like that. My father doesn't drink. You know, it's just he was really quiet and compa in comparison to my mother. And he stayed in all the time, and whereas her friends on the road, they were all going out to do's and, you know, going out with the husbands, whereas my father wouldn't go out, you know, and he'd stay in all the time. And my mother wanted to go out an awful lot too. She wanted to kind of live it up, because she knew, she was that type of a person when she was younger, but the thing that stopped her was her father wouldn't let her out. And I suppose when she got her freedom, when she got married, she said, well, you know, now I'm married, I can go out and do whatever I like. But little did she know she, she was going to have five kids, you know, to take care of. And that stopped her. And now she realised, well, the kids are grown up. And the separation, she has her freedom, what she wants. You know? Well, say, under a court order where the children can decide which parents they can go to live with, do uh, you think that's a good idea? No, <laughs> it's a very, it's good in some ways, whereas if, say, you like the mother 
or the father more than the mother, well, then you can go to the father. But it's whereas, like me, I didn't know who I wanted to go to. And it caused me an awful lot of heartache, you know. I, I, one day I'd want to go with my mother and one day I'd want to go with my father, you know. And Whereas in the beginning I cut my father off completely. I didn't even go to visit him because I thought, well, if I go to visit him, you know, I'd be hurt if I see him sitting there. Because I believe he got... They were telling me he was after getting very skinny and he was withering away and all this, you know. And I felt really guilty over it. And then... It really is, you know, it can cause an awful lot of heartache because you don't know, you can't make up your mind who you want to go with because they are your parents and they've given you all they ever had and you love them as much as they love you and you just don't know who to go to, really. So when you finish, but when you finish school now and say you go to work in a couple of months' time, uh, would you still stay in the home with the father and the others, or well, would you feel like going away into a flat and starting a life of your own? That's what I'm going to do. Going to go away to a flat and start a life of my own because I've felt that I people told me that I accepted their what they did wrong, and I made it my fault. I thought it was my fault, you know. And people said that I felt guilty and I felt all the hurt, and I was the one who was fe- felt responsible for it, whereas it wasn't my fault. You know, and I want to get away from all that now and start a life of my own and forget it. You think that's the you best know? idea? I think, well, in my case it is. You know, I just feel I want to get away from it all because I feel real closed in, you know, and tied down and everything. Whereas between going back and forward to my mother, and I know when I start working there's going to be pulling because my, mo- my father will say, well, you have to take care of your father in his old age, and my mother would be the same. Well, I'm not working, and I need a few bob, you know. And I won't know what to do, really. So I just want to start a life of my own. Mm. I'll try and sort myself out. Do you ever look for advice from anybody? Well, just one time, I was really upset, and I went to the lady around the corner, and she told me, "Don't doesn't matter about your parents. It's their fault, she said. You don't have to worry about them. You worry about yourself, she said, and you please yourself. And don't care what they say. You know, she said, and I was saying, but my mother said she'd kill herself. Don't mind your mother. I know your mother for years, she said. Your mother always goes on like this, over dramatic, she said. And you just think about your own life, she said. That's all you have to think about from now on.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.